Well, good morning, folks. It is Christmas Eve Eve. Can you believe it? It's here. You know, this is actually my favorite time of the Christmas holiday. It's leading up to Christmas Day, and I get it's it's hard for me to really stay present and stay giddy and stay happy because I see the end coming and I am a Christmas junkie. I'm a Christmas nut for crying out loud. Jimlin and I own a toy store. I dress up as an elf every year. We have live reindeer, so Christmas is just a really magical time, even though I'm 47 flipping years old. And I hope you are having an incredible holiday season. All right, so Today is a special episode. It's just a fun holiday episode with my buddy, Matt Wagner, uh, from over in the UK. This is something we started last year where we would just get together and talk about nostalgic things from our Christmases past as children. And last year, we covered a lot of our favorite Christmas movies. This year, we decided to tackle some of the best Christmas songs of all time and maybe even mention what might be the worst Christmas song of all time just for some fun. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you are enjoying this wonderful time of year. I hope you have a chance to get with family and and celebrate what this is all about, which is, of course, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and even if you're not a believer, enjoy the magic of the season and just love on your loved ones, get close to some family, get prepared and geared up for an incredible 2023 it, the, the year is going to be whatever we decide to make it. And so with that, enjoy this fun Christmas extravaganza with my buddy, Matt Wagner. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Get us some music started here, Matt Wagner. Merry Christmas, my brother. Merry Christmas. Okay, so if uh, for those of you who are longtime listeners of the show, then you probably already know what's happening because I've been talking about it a lot um, on the Best Friday Ever and stuff. That we are having our second annual Wagner Wright Christmas Extravaganza. I'm here with my buddy, Matt Wagner, all the way from the UK. And so happy Christmas to you, as they say over there. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm very cultured, man. I've seen Love Actually like 12 times already this year. So I'm very cultured. I'm very. Crimbo. It's even called Crimbo for short. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Merry Crimbo. Merry Crimbo. Well, it's good to have you back on, man. And this is always so much fun. And just so the listener knows, I hope that you join in the fun. Think about your favorite songs, your favorite traditions. Matt and I were just, uh, we're two guys that, I think we get, I think you and I share a, an affinity for nostalgia, no? For sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And I think it's going to be seen or heard, at least in the song list that I uh, select, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Same same here, same here. And so, all right, so let's kick this off with, and, and let's just kind of, on the fly here, categorize this as, let's just go with your favorites, and then we'll, like, just kind of come up with a topic. Like, I mean, you mentioned before we got on, or before whenever we were sending notes back and forth, like, all right, the most obnoxious sh- uh, song. And I, I can almost guarantee you a lot of these are going to line up or be very close, both on obnoxious, our favorites. And then, you know, you mentioned just a minute ago, and I'm the same way. I don't listen to a lot of the new Christmas songs until this year. There are like a couple that I'm like, it's almost like I don't want to let myself like some of these, but exactly. I actually, That's exactly right. I, I just don't want to do it. But you know what? That damn T Swizzle, she will get you if you're not careful. She just she's has a way. Own, I mean, she's in her own realm of, of fantastic. She and is. I, we can talk about her too. Yeah, and so there's there's a I'm like there's a there's a T Swizzle song, Taylor Swift song that came on, and I told Abby, my youngest, the other day we were on our way to lunch. I said, you're not gonna believe this, but I actually like a Taylor Swift Christmas song. She goes, and she said, just kind of like what you said. She said, you know what, Taylor Swift, she's just like in her own universe. It's crazy. She's like, I can't. She yeah. said, I'm not even a big fan, but I can't really imagine a world without Taylor Swift at this point. She's just that huge. So it's crazy. All right, man. So I want you as the guest of honor, I want you to kick off what, and, and here's what I'll do. You mentioned the song, give some commentary. If you get some special memories behind it, let's hear those. And for the listener, think about your memories, think about your favorite songs, see if we line up on some of these. And then I have the phone here and ready. We will give at least a sample of it. We'll probably get this kicked off YouTube for copyright infringement, but uh, Apple's pretty cool for letting us uh, just play these songs. So we're going to we're gonna ask for forgiveness later. So go with your, do you want to start with your favorite or do you want to work your way up, Matthew? How do you want to do this? Well, I don't know if I have, I have one favorite, which I'll get to maybe. Okay. Um, and, but like you said, I'm uh 
look, we, we talked about It's a Wonderful Life last year. Yep. You know, that's that's the realm I'm in from genre. And I think to sum it up is, um, you know, I think of Christmas when you're a kid. Right. And then obviously, you know, you become a parent and you 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 uh, you're the magic or you you allow the magic to happen. Or, but really, my wife did that. Um, <laughs> she creates the magic. Yeah. But when I think of nostalgia is is a lot of the older songs. So I think of Nat King Cole, yes. Judy Garland. Yes. Of course, Bing is all over the place. Frank Sinatra. Because I think of my grandparents, my great aunts and uncles at our house every Christmas Eve. And that's when we would have actually decorate. So um, so I'll give you the first one um, off, striking off. And it's Nat King Cole. Because I yeah. think the artist is important. Okay. Amen. Absolutely. It, and it's the Christmas song. Yes, yes, yes. That is actually on my, let me get this, because that's actually on my um, playlist. Let me see here. That I listen to. I mean, it's jazzy, like, out of the gate, you know? Beautiful. And Nat King Cole's voice, oh. it is just, oh, come on. It's butter. Oh, so beautiful. Okay. Well done, sir. That's one of my favorites. Is there? I do not have, and I've got multiple Christmas playlists. I do not have one that does not involve some Nat King Cole. I mean, he he is just magical. Um, and but now I'm going to tell you, though, I think while we're on Nat King Cole, this is my favorite Nat King Cole. It's my favorite version of this song. And it's okay. also my favorite Nat King Cole, which is okay. his rendition of Oh Holy Night. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, because everyone did it too. Bing did it. Frank did it. Yep. And I think it, and this is probably a sacrilege to a lot of people. But th- those those the ones you just mentioned, I think you, you mentioned maybe Tony Bennett might come in there, but really it's Frank, it's Bing, oh, Tony, and it's Nat. Yeah, Tony, yeah, Tony Bennett. Those are kind of all in there. And when it comes to Christmas, not not all the other standards. When it comes to Christmas, Nat's my favorite. He just he crushes it, man. More than more than Bing. I do. Yeah. Now Bing, I have to say, from a nostalgic standpoint, and I'll get to this, and maybe I'll go to that. Now, okay, you, you did that. Let's talk about some Bing. So I'm going to give you one of my favorite Christmas songs here, and it has nothing to do with the actual song. This is all about nostalgia. This is all about, um, I've actually got this playlist that I made called, uh, Matt and Jason's uh, Christmas Extravaganza 2023. So, so we'll we'll have record of this for next year to draw from. But nice. it, so, and I know you're going to understand why I chose this song. Let me find it here. Oh, come on, okay. I mean, if there's one Hawaiian song that everybody knows, thanks to being. And there's two reasons why I love this song. One is the Christmas Vacation reference. Right. Cousin Eddie, you know, Clark's looking out the window, and he's daydreaming about his new pool, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Cousin Eddie gets on the diving board. All right, so, but here's the real reason why I love. This is from Bing Crosby's White Christmas album. And every year, my mom, who, by the way, a lot of my nostalgia and my uh entree into the old Disney classic movies like Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Escape from Witch Mountain, uh, The Parent Trap, all those old yellers, Swiss Family Robinson, comes from my mom. She just really uh, did a great job of exposing us to that. And then come Christmas, this album would play over and over in the car on the way to school. And it's the one with his face on it, right? That's exactly right, with the Santa hat. And and by the way, he has a song on here. Oh, okay, so just so the audience knows, okay, I got to pull this up for you, my friend. This is for my soon-to-be, if all goes well, I suppose. Let me see. You you can get to your, your soon-to-be Irish roots because Matt, who is uh, planning to buy a place one day, 
in uh, Ireland. Check this out, my friend. Let me find it right here. This will be a hot Christmas in Killarney, my friend. Oh, Molly was just talking about, oh, you need to put this on the list. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And it, it's from that album. Yeah, it's absolutely, dude. Christmas in Killarney. You know, she knew every word. We were taught, listening to this last night. There you go. Being, you know, I remember us. I remember a uh, an episode of Mad Men where uh, Betty Draper is listening to Bing Crosby in the, the sitting room, and Don comes in. He's like, "God, turn this off." He makes everything sound like Christmas, and, and <laughs> Bing, he does. It's just I associate Bing Crosby with Christmas. I've already watched um, Holiday Inn and then White Christmas, uh, both just holiday classics with great songs. And White uh, Christmas is such a bizarre. Uh, <laughs> bizarre thread of like a storyline that's like what really (laughs) this is just random they're just trying to make them sing i get it exactly (laughs) why even have a storyline i know well and the fact the fact that it's so like uh such a takeoff of holiday inn with fred astaire because that's where white christmas actually was the first it was was first played And it's almost like Irving Berlin was like, well, that's such a good song. We just need to make a movie out of that, you know, and then, you know, replace uh, Fred Astaire with uh, Danny Kaye. And and there's so many, and instead of, instead of the general in White Christmas retiring to start an end, there's being Crosby, who's getting out of show business to start the end. It's like, wow. You know, they say today that they just take from the, they draw from the same well. Well, I guess they did back in the day. All right. So very good. We're doing good. All right. So. Hit me with another so class. Hold on. You did O Come All You Faithful, right? Yeah. You yeah. said that okay. for, for now. I, I, I love that version, but I would also, this, there's a Perry Como version of that. Yes. That's in Latin as well, which Ooh. then hits my Catholic roots. Um, so that's a fantastic version too. Let's, let's see if I can get a little bit of that. Let's see. Um, that's the Phyllis Let's see. I think because it starts out in Latin, right? And then he... Uh, then yeah, he then does, he switches to English, right? switches. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Come on now. Let me see. That's all right. We can, we can go back to it. It's all right. No, we got to do this, man. Pray Cuomo. O come. All ye. Faithful. And the thing is, too, I guarantee you what this is going to lead to is us talking about a lot of, um, yeah, we'll have to come back to it because I've got a Perry, I've got all of Perry stuff coming up, but for some reason, that one's. All right. Well, I'll throw a Bing one in. And that's not like Christmas. Okay. And there's a million that have done this one as well. And it's hitting my Catholic roots as well is uh, Bing doing Hark the Herald. Yes, that is a good one. That's a very good one. As a matter of fact, let's see. I think that's on his second one because I have that. Yep. Second album. Is this the version you like? Yeah. Yeah, he's just, I mean, he does sound like Christmas. I mean, he is, dude. Everything he touches turns to Christmas. So good, so good. It's yeah. I and you meet people that like they know. Okay, we'll get to Mariah and everything else, but they only know Christmas songs with Mariah, and it's kind of scratching my head. Like, what? How's Bing not in there? You know? Yeah, I'm. It's kind of like whenever we, you know, going back to where you and I really started this uh, newfound tradition of uh, doing this. uh, It's when you talk to people and they have no clue. Uh, of, of Christmas vacation or a Christmas story. And you're like, I don't know if I can be friends with you anymore. I just don't understand. I just, I don't understand. You are, you have been a very sheltered individual. How do you not know? And granted, sometimes it's the younger generations. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you something too that's funny. You know, I opened up with playing the main theme from Elf, which by the way, Elf has a fantastic soundtrack also. Um, it even has in the background um, a Bing song that you may not notice that one time they're in gimbals and in the background is playing um, 
Christmas in the Islands or whatever it's called. Uh, Would you want to be Christmas in the Islands oh, yeah. where the palm trees oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. And so, um, but like Elf has become as popular as Rudolph, dude. It's crazy how popular that movie is. And it just hits on everything. It's got a lot of these songs that we love because they did a great job of hitting some classics, um, some new, some new music, yeah. but it's, it, it just, it hits on all of it. So I, I don't know that, that, and do you know that movie didn't even, they didn't want to make that movie. It was so, uh, yeah, was I so saw outrageous. the making of, or what, what have you. And, uh, it almost got canned. Yeah. yeah multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Well, well, when you think about, okay, Hey, we got an idea for a movie. We're going to dress Will Ferrell up as an elf and, and Bob Newhart is going to be his dad. You know, and- Bob, Bob Newhart, he's perfect in that movie. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that dude can deliver any line so deadpan. Oh, this is my brother Daryl. It's my other brother Daryl. Yeah, and just his slight little his his, his, his stutter that he'll you know, he'll you know purposely do when he's trying to kind of you know uh, get a point across. You know, it's like it's just he's the Perfect. best. And he's then so James Con, you got freaking Sonny Corleone rolling up as uh, as Walter Hobbs. So yeah. magical, so good. All right, so now here is. This is my classic. That, it's perfect. It may it just it, it's the most it just gets you going. It just makes you feel like all right. I think this this is the first song of the season. Yep, I agree. Out of the gate, and then you're gonna hear it another 20, 30, 40 times. That's fine. Yep, yep. Because when you once you do hear it, you're in. It's it's yeah. like okay, it's go time. It is go yeah. time. And it's almost like the beginning. Uh, I forget what the song was. I think it's a Simon and Garfunkel song now. But the first song in uh, in Groundhog Day, like when he wakes up. No, um, no, it's a Sunny and Cher. I got you, babe. Oh, it is Sunny and Cher. Yeah, well yep. done. Yeah, nice it, yeah, it's that's um, it, it is, and it just it's like just immediate boom. It just changes everything. All right, so yeah, Andy Williams. Andy Williams needs to be in the top ten on any. That song's got to be top 10. Anyway. Oh, for sure. And, and again, like you said, it's one of those. It's kind of like, okay, so my movie that I kicked the season off with, it, it, my favorite Thanksgiving, it's hard to find a Thanksgiving movie. And which, by the way, screenwriters, there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. If you want something, if you want a home run of an idea, there you, everybody Plane, goes right to Christmas. That's it. That's it. Planes, trains, and automobiles. That's the, that's the one I go to because it's the only. Thanksgiving, we're okay. Let's let's get this party started. That's my first movie, and then my first Christmas movie. I go to your side of the pond, and Love Actually is where the girls and I. That's our kickoff movie uh, to get things started, and then we work our way from there. All right, I know we're not talking about movies, but you gotta have to talk about. Okay, we talked about Elf. I just talked watched the other night for the first time with my kids because you brought it up last year, I think. Is the Family Stone oh, first what, time with my kids? What'd you think? So they both. Oh, I love it. I mean, I've seen it like I don't know ten, five, ten times. But but they they thought it was so super cringy. <laughs> really? And of course, they, you know, you're supposed. And I kept on saying you're supposed to not like this. You know, Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, exactly. And you know, and then the family they're together and they're they're one team and you could see it and blah blah blah. But it was cringy on the whole account. And then at the end, when it was fiasco, you know, the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Right. right. Then my friend looks at me. He's like, this is the best movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) Which my daughter doesn't want to watch it ever again. So really, we'll see see next year. Okay. well, she, you know, there was somebody else. Oh, okay. So uh, Reagan Howlett, who, by the way, is she and her husband listen to the show. So Merry Christmas or Reagan and Brett. She, there's two things I don't understand about Reagan. It's kind of like, she's one of these I told you about. That's like, when you find out that they don't like something like this, it's like, what is wrong with you? Okay, the girl doesn't like bacon, first of all, which makes you really question her sanity. And then secondly, I had her watch Love Actually for the first time this year. So she and Brett watched, and they're like, eh, First time. Huh? First time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, how have you missed that? And they didn't, she's like, it was okay. I'm like, really? But by the way, um, Stephen Hussey, who is a friend of the show, who is uh, who lives over, uh, he's in London, and uh, and he doesn't like it. But I can understand that because for the Londoners, it's like a little cringy because it's like this this over the top kind of you know jewelry box yeah. version of Christmas uh, in the in London. But 
I love it. As an American who's a little bit obsessed with all things uh, British, I, I freaking love it. And, and, and Abby said this year uh, that it may have taken the spot as her favorite movie of all time. That's a bold Really? Story. Yeah. Really? She, yeah. She so at, there are, there definitely are a lot of British at the, um, every school has a nativity mm-hmm. at, you know, even public school over here. Cause the church and state are not separated. Right. 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 So um, our kids were in British school for six years and they'd have it at the, when they're little elementary age and they did a nativity. So if you remember like, do they the have lobsters? Kid, yeah, the lobster or something. <laughs> right. so they bring in all kinds of crazy other things. And then you see, of course, Joseph and Mary, and then who's playing Jesus, and then there's animals that brought in. And so it's it's the story with the wise men and everything else, but um, but then they throw in random stuff. It's just hilarious. <laughs> That's what yeah, Emma Thompson's character says. There were lobsters at the birth of Jesus. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah it's pretty funny stuff. All right, which while we're talking, before we get off the family stone, I want to bring up, which is kind of early to do it, but I think it's the perfect time, uh, might be my favorite Christmas song of all by this particular artist. The, okay. uh, and part of it, but the only thing is, it makes me feel kind of melancholy because of the family stone, and here it is. The Julie, the Judy Garland version of "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Oh yeah, for sure. That's almost that might be number one. Uh, I think it, it's probably my favorite Christmas song of all time, and, and I don't know. I, 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 for some reason, now that I think about you, because know, if you remember in the Family Stone, this is like when it's kind of nearing the end. We realize what's going on with Diane Keaton's character, and I don't want to spoil it for those two people that haven't seen the Family Stone. Um, and they're playing this song. It's just, it just really gets you. But and to me, I don't know. It's just, it's really, I think of it as like the end of Christmas. And it's the last song kind of, I don't know. But anyway. That's probably my favorite Christmas song of all time, just to, while we're popping it in there. And it's, you know, it's one of the key songs in The Family Stone. Oh, you froze up on me, dude. Resume, and we're back. And no one ever knew the difference, my friend. Perfect. All right, so what I was saying before we, uh, before the, uh, the British government so rudely interfered with us, I'm going to blame them, um, is that song is... It, to me, it's kind of like just the, uh, it's, it's, I, I picture sitting out on my front porch, looking at my Christmas lights for like the last night, like on Christmas night, listening to Judy Garland. I'm like, oh, it just gets me, dude. Uh, so anyway, that, that might be my favorite Christmas song of all time. It's definitely up there. Um, it's also my mom's favorite song too. So yeah, for sure. It's up there. Um, all right. All right, so I'm gonna let, take us in a different direction. Go for it. So it's the only Christmas song with the word. No, let me rephrase. It's the best Christmas song with the word "slut" in it. Okay? <laughs> wow! I can't wait to hear what this one is. And it's "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pogues. I don't know this one. This is awesome. Okay, let's find this. You okay. Don't. No. So the Pogues, um, I'll tee it up. So the Pogues were um, Irish band, kind of post-punk, modern 80s. And they did a duet with uh, a fairly well-known Irish singer. So it's a woman, and I'm blanking on her name. All right. All right. Let's see. You ready? Here, Here it goes. Yeah. Is that it? That is it. It was Christmas Eve. And the drunk tank. And the drunk tank. And all 
<laughs> if this isn't an Irish Christmas song, I don't know what it is. And Christy McCall, I guess, is the girl that you're talking about. Yeah. That's right. I've heard this. Yes, I have. I've heard this. Yeah. It, it picks up and it's it's Irish kind of. If you skip to the uh, second verse. Yeah. Well, Casey got two Irish people in New York, you know, down on their luck, but then they get together, and they're uh, they're not uh, they're rough around the edges. Let's just say. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, good. Well, I like to learn new songs. I'll tell you one. Okay. I'm going to go an old school one that that has, that they, for some reason, it's kind of like um, the first year that I ever paid attention to uh, all the ones that hippopotamus for Christmas. It's like that song came out of nowhere. And I'm sure it, I mean, it had been around forever, but there was this one year around 2004, I think. I don't know why I remember that, that I, that song caught my attention and they played it over and over and over. This one, let's see is one that this year I have, that they've been playing a ton, and it just, it's straight up 80s. And oh, yeah. The Waitresses. Christmas wrapping. Wow. I haven't heard this in... Yeah. And it, it, it randomly shows up in movies. It's like one of those Christmas songs that it was made for movies because it's just like, oh gosh, right? Kind of like yeah. the Bangles. Exactly. The, uh, yeah. Needs the go go's. Exactly. The waitresses. I don't know any of their like. Gotta be. Not- They've got to be British. Yeah, oh, surely with a with, yeah, something like that. They've got to, and just yeah, the waitress, all of it. It's just very eighties pop, kind of Brit rock, kind of punky. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I haven't even looked. I'm sure they've got other songs, but it's like okay, I've I've heard that song for years and never uh, even paid attention to it. Also, seventy eight to eighty four in Akron, Ohio. They're from. Oh, really? I would never guess that. Me not. Me, me either. Uh, before we get too far away, by the way, from um, from Judy Garland, this is another one, another version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas that I have come to love. And it came, it was, I, I think I heard it in a movie. Maybe it was, I don't, it might be in either The Holiday or... Um, or love actually, but this I think is a great version. My this second, yes. Yeah. This is my second favorite version, the James Taylor version oh, of James Taylor. This this was in the holiday. Okay. Because I just watched that the other night. Christmas present is here today. I think when she's shopping, or yeah, sounds right. Like B roll. Yeah. Have yourself a merry. Yeah, you can't go wrong with James Taylor most of the time. No. I don't know. I don't know any song that he's plumped. No, dude. If he touches it, it's pretty good. And I tell you another one that's kind of funny. I didn't realize necessarily that it was a Christmas music or Christmas song uh, until I was sitting on the when I was sitting on the beach in Destin this year listening to it, but. It's in love, actually, in the background. Let's see here. Uh, Joni Mitchell, if you remember, you know the um, Joni Mitchell's. She's she doesn't plunk anything either. No, I, I didn't realize just how amazing her music was until Carol I. Carol King too. Carol King's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I think. I think this is the one that's yeah another melancholy christmas song it's so good and this is the one you know emma thompson's character her husband uh played by alan rickman with that amazing voice of his 
he's kind of flirting with his secretary and he buys her the Joni Mitchell. Yeah. I do know this version. That's a good call. Oh, so good. I think this is probably the song that kind of got me to really discover Joni Mitchell. Really? I think so. I mean, now, I've, what's the other one that she's, uh, uh, I've known, I've known love or whatever, the real sad, sad song. She was, she was part of that whole crew um, in Laurel Canyon, L.A. So Like good. the, yeah, the Eagles and Crosby, Stills, Nash, those, that whole crew. Well, and uh, what was the, what is it? Um, I've known both sides of love. I think that's the song that, uh, that was probably the first Joni Mitchell song that I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking powerful yeah. great great songwriter great songwriter okay alan rickman that just makes me think alan rickman um when we're watching family stone when craig t nelson comes on yeah. my daughter's like that's like an american alan rickman and i looked at him like actually they kind of look a little bit alike okay uh yeah they do and all right so i have to bring this up dude um I've got a compromise for you. So you, you and I were both in full agreement on Die Hard, whether it is a Christmas movie or not. And you and I are purists on our Christmas movies and do, do not categorize Die Hard as a Christmas movie, which I'm in full agreement with still. But there is a caveat that I came up with this year because when you and I talked about it last year, I had not seen Die Hard in years, to be honest with you. I haven't, I haven't either. Okay. This year, I thought... I'm ready for freaking Christmas, okay? I had seen planes, trains, and automobiles. I was like, I need, I can't start going to my standard batch of Christmas movies. I need something. So I'm going to just very objectively watch uh, Die Hard and see why do people consider this a Christmas movie? And I got to tell you something, Matt Wagner. It's not a Christmas movie, but it's one best consumed at Christmas time, I must admit, because of all the music and I want to use this as a segue into a song you said was on your list because whenever I'm watching it, I'm like, holy crap, that's where I first heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know so, where you're going. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let you take it from there. But anyway, just just as for, for all those, if you ever find yourself in the debate again, whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not, no, it's not. But I will give a slight compromise and say, however, I will grant you this. It is a movie best watched at Christmas time because it is it that's when it's taking place. It's got some some great music. Uh but anyway, so what would you will you bring up the song that I'm I'm referring to? Yeah, so I was an aficionado of 80s and then definitely 90s rap. Um and the end all be all Christmas rap song is Christmas and Hollis by Run yeah. DMC. Yes. Yes. Let's I mean, these guys, such genius. You remember the video as well? I wish I could get us to the video real quick. I can't mess up. I love running. I got the best. So great. I can, oh, okay. So this has nothing to do with Christmas, but it does have to do with Run DMC. Therefore, it has to do with Def Jam Records and Russell Simmons. Have you seen the Beastie Boys movie? They're kind of their little documentary that's on Apple TV. Is this the one where they show it and they're answering questions on stage? Yep, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Was amazing. that not, was that awesome? I did not know that um first of all, I did not know how early in Russell Simmons' career the Beastie was how they were attached. And Rick Rubin. I ha- I did not know Rick Rubin was an NYU student. No, I did know that. I did I know didn't. that piece. 
I didn't realize how young they were. No. Um, and I didn't, I, I knew about the cookie puss, which is hilarious. <laughs> right. um, but I didn't know about their backstory all that much. Right. Um, but I, I knew, I knew they did, they hustled to get where they got, which is amazing, you know, and, and then they brought an LL. I knew that. Yeah. And I did not know that. See, okay. As someone who loves the Beastie Boys, first of all, to me, they were just kind of this almost mysterious group, all their own. You know, these three white Jewish dudes, just like that, seem perpetually uh, adolescent. I mean, I don't even now, as old men standing up there, uh, I'm like, these guys just seem so much younger than they are. And they were just always kind of in their own little category. And I didn't know that Adam Yout was basically kind of the real genius behind the machine who, you know, it it says in that, uh, in that film that had fight for your right to party was just like some song he had with this other group he had called Brooklyn or something like that. And Mm -hmm. there's like, here, we'll just, we'll just use this one. And it's a breakout hit. And just the, 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 and the fact that these guys, and it's just to show you, a lot of people think, oh, well, they, they were in the right place, the right time, whatever. You watch that film and you realize these guys are creative geniuses. I mean, you give them a, a cheap-ass microphone and a bunch of just pots and pans, whatever, and they will make something out of it. It was really, that's what really struck me was just how ahead of their time, like now I'm sitting here in this room that I'm recording this podcast with all this amazing equipment. It's like a, it's become like an audio video graveyard up here because I try everything. They had none of that. I mean, they had right. just basic rudimentary tools that they would figure out ways to create sounds with and everything. It was so cool. And so getting but to... Then they, but then they redefined themselves as well with Paul's Boutique. And then yes. they, they went to LA. And then, uh, I mean, I remember hearing, because they were off the beaten path for a long yeah. time. When when things like NWA and The Chronic just hit their 30-year anniversary, by the way... Um, <laughs> God. Like they weren't, they were not anywhere, but then no. unbeknownst to us, they were skating and playing music in LA and just figuring out their own different sound. And it came out with everything else. So yeah. yeah. And they wanted to get away from license to ill and everything else. So, which um, I, I got to say, I was kind of bummed that uh, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin basically, because they didn't record an album for so long, cut them out of all the royalties of license to ill. That's kind of crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, they brought it up in that deal that um, essentially to this day, uh, Mike Diamond and and Adam, uh, what's the, not Adam Yelp, but the other Adam, uh, Horowitz, they don't get any, and I guess wow. it'd be Adam Yelp's estate, they get none of the royalties from License to Ill. So all those, ama- and, and I went back, of course, and listened to License to Ill, and it's like Paul Revere, uh, all Paul those Revere. songs. Paul Revere. Yeah, they're still, it's still Brass on my list. Monkey. They're, they're just so good. But yeah, Paul's Boutique, well, actually, I guess you had already graduated, but I think it was my first uh, summer at, uh, at SFA or the, the university formerly known as SFA, which we can have a whole episode on that someday if you want to. Um, yeah, I'd like to know your take on that. <laughs> um, but that was the first year. That's when they came out with um, Hello Nasty, which had Intergalactic and Sabotage, <laughs> which, you know, and so I that's... Call it, I mean, they're- it's just amazing. Just flip the switch to a different direction. I mean, totally. sabotage video just itself, right? That I mean, they th- just that they filmed themselves on I mean, a high eight. I think it was just yeah. handheld. Yes, yeah. which is one of the yeah. coolest videos ever. So that and old they, school. They did go away from the fish, the fish <laughs> yes. uh, bowl look and everything else. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so cool, so cool. Well. I'm so glad that you brought up Christmas and Hollis because to me that's another one of those two that it's it's not the the traditional like um, I don't know nostalgic kind of things we've been talking about but when I hear it it's just it's just a feel good song I just all right love I'll bring it. us I'll bring us back old school then maybe yeah. okay go for uh, it so uh, I normally prefer this song in German the oh. Vienna Boys Choir because it's originally German, um, is Silent Night. But oh. I like the version. Nat King Cole is always great, but I like the Carpenter's version of yes. Silent Night. That's a good one. I'm going to bring that. That's I, I'm telling you, Karen Carpenter, dude, she crushed pretty much everything. voice is soft and, yeah, yeah. 
Good call. Silent Night's one of my, it, it competes with Judy Garland, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and Nat King Cole, I love that version. I mean, everyone's done it, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. Which, I'll be honest with you, that's one of the cool things about these Christmas standards that really showcase the talent of these artists is that it's the same song, a different voice. But so if you can break out and create a version of it that everybody's like, that's money. That's just incredible. That just shows how talented some of these folks really are. Well, it's it's like, um, I mean, I love Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay? yeah. I'll stop focuses, but now I'm blanking. But then Whitney Houston did her song. I'll always love you. Yep. And it's it's Whitney's song, but then if you listen to the Dolly version, it's still good, but it's so much better, Whitney. Yep, agree, agree. You know? And I, as a matter of fact, it's funny you say that. I use that all the time as whenever I'm telling people they haven't heard your voice yet. You know that we, there's nothing new under the sun, but they both. Have, I mean, I use that example. I will always love you, Dolly, Whitney. You know, both number one hits, just two different voices, and uh, which, by the way. A little bit of background on that one, because uh, you know I'm full of useless trivia. Matt Wagner, Dolly wrote that about Porter Wagner, her mentor. That's that. I did know that. I, yeah. I saw a Dolly documentary, I think, and that was brought up. Yep, I know probably she's more still, about. Jimlin loves she Dolly. Still makes a couple. Uh, she still makes a couple uh, guineas off of uh, the Whitney version. I'm sure. I would have, Matt. <laughs> dude, that chick is so. She's a badass man. Uh, yeah, Dolly Parton please. is, she is, she's, she's, wow. I mean, tiny she little. She does it with a smile and she, <laughs> and you know that she, she's gotta be ruthless in there somewhere. Somewhere. Right? Somewhere. She's tough as nails, brilliant and uh great business lady. As a matter of fact, she had a, she had a holiday special this year that Jim and I were going to watch and completely forgot about it. Um, all right. So, well, let's, let's take a break from the music. I I've still got more to cover on that front. But let's bring in some holiday traditions. You mentioned that. What are some Wagner holiday traditions, either from childhood? Well, there you go. What is a Wagner childhood tradition you've brought from childhood into your now adulthood and your children? So one I loved that I couldn't sell to current my family now. <laughs> so I loved as a kid, but it was it was more Catholic tradition. So we would we would do the twelve days of Christmas. So. 12 days of Christmas, it's Christmas through January 6th, which is the feats of the uh, Epiphany, okay? okay? Yep. So we would uh, decorate on Christmas Eve, and yeah. and then you would take everything down on January 6th, and it was bad form if you took anything down before or after, actually. Um, so we would have a big party, you know, grandparents, cousins, et cetera, et cetera. We were the youngest of the cousins, so we were always, you know, and it was great fun. And the adults, of course, had a couple eggnogs or two or ten. Um, and but I couldn't, I couldn't sell it. Um, and I think modern day, I think people decorate earlier. I mean, yeah. the whole before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving. I think that's a wrestling match. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed the, I re- enjoyed the memories of Christmas Eve of that because everyone was there, and of course, uh, it's the big build up. Um, to the big night as a kid. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. How about yourself? So there's so many, I think that, well, one, one random one that we do, and it has to do with Christmas Eve as well, uh, is have you ever heard of Christmas Eve gift where, okay, so here's how it works. And there's only a few people that I I've come across to do this, but like what we do in my family is starting at 12 AM on Christmas Eve, Everyone, the phones start ringing and you try to basically get someone before they get you. You get them to randomly answer the phone. Hello. And you, if they do, it's Christmas Eve gift. Oh, you got them. You win. So it's no big deal, but it's just something that we know in the right family and all oh, that, that everybody, 
the phone starts. And so for me, because I'll usually have a couple of cell phones, like one for business and one for personal, if I can get one that's got a random number, that's about the only way I can sneak in there. And Or with the girls, when they were really little, bless their hearts, I would walk in at like 2 a.m. and I'd be like, Rylan, Abby, what? Christine Gift, like, oh, you know, so we still, that's a pretty cool tradition that um, that we do. Uh, you get burner phones, huh? Uh, uh, if you have to, by any means necessary, dude. I mean, this is high stakes. This is high stakes holiday fair, my friend. You know, I mean, we don't take, we don't take our Yuletide uh, uh, lightly around here. So that's we, a real. I, we have one of those along those lines with, uh, kind of prank but not prank so we so myself my parents we have nutcracker collections so i'll show you a couple of our nutcrackers one's the scottish man nice okay and then uh, of course we have to have one of these as well oh very nice yes love that yeah. so uncle sam um but someone bought i don't know if it bought or it was in like the bin of a store it's a it's a it's a Russian basketball player, okay, yeah. Nutcracker, right? Yeah. With the Russian Russian cold hat and everything else, but it's it only has one arm. <laughs> so the so the tradition is basically whoever has it, I, pay, I think my parents have it right now, sends it to someone else for that that Christmas gift. Oh, I love that. That's very cool. So and has to send it to the next, you know, someone else, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. I like that. And that's a fun thing too. Whenever you've got something that like it moves around. I like that. That's cool. Um, all right. So here's probably my favorite tradition just because being a dad with daughters that are now adults. So on, well, two, it both happened on Christmas Eve. One is it's a wonderful life. We watch every Christmas Eve. That's when we that's when we screen. It's a Wonderful Life. It's Christmas Eve night, and two before the girls go to bed. Even now, at twenty one and twenty two years old, I read to them. Twas the night before Christmas, and it's so funny, dude. Because even as adults, okay. they they sit. They, they, it starts out they're humoring their dad. They're sitting on either side of me, and they're like, oh dear lord, you know whatever. But it's this particular uh, edition. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, dude. It's this particular edition of it that the the illustration is gorgeous and. I kid you not, Matt, by about the, I don't know, the the third page, they're they're into it like they're back five and six years old. And they're like, oh, that's my favorite room. And they're like, and it's, it's just silence. It's like I'm really reading Twas the Night Before Christmas to them as though it's so funny. I mean, it happens every year. It's not because and so that's like a total tradition that we still love. So that is probably one of my favorite holiday or, or Christmas traditions. And then one that we've just started here recently. So I've got this dish I make called daddy pasta, which is, which, you know, me, I'm kind of a health nut or whatever. Well, there's, this is where the wheels come off. I make this huh. fattening bow tie pasta with pasta with Italian sausage, just way more mozzarella cheese than should be allowed in any dish. And so we used to always go out somewhere to, uh, to eat for Christmas Eve dinner after the uh, candlelight service at church. But now I make my daddy pasta, and then we open one gift. We watch It's a Wonderful Life, and then I read Twisted Night Before Christmas. So a lot of our tradition is uh, is encapsulated there in the uh, – and, and and I would say – and Christmas Eve is one of those – Christmas Eve gift started when I was a kid, so that's when I brought into the – to. Uh, to adulthood and to my children that they've, they've just had, they've had to adopt whether they wanted to or not. Cause I'm going to wake them up really early saying Christmas Eve gift. And then the other that I've started since uh, being a father is the twas the night before Christmas and, and watching. But do they, do you have just the one book? Or, yeah. Um... Yeah. Yeah. It's one that okay. was given to us by, if they happen to be listening to the show, I haven't talked to them in years, but John and Gina Bauer, it was a version that they read to their children and they bought it whenever I guess Rylan was born. And so it's the only book that I've ever read to them for now 21, 22 years. They're going to be fighting over that damn book. Yep, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Which, uh, yeah, they... They're uh, not going to want the house and everything else. They're going to yeah. want that book. Can I tell you something that's really cool that um, I've just you just made me think of? So one year, they both got together, because they're only 15 months apart, right? So, oh, never mind. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so they're like, you know, almost Irish twins, not quite. Well, they both decided they wanted something off of Santa's uh, sleigh. So hold tight. I'm going to go get something for you real quick. All right, so for those of you watching on the YouTube, you can check this out, and maybe I'll do a little clip, a reel of this. But do you know what this is, Matt Wagner? Look at that. Is that a, is that a chest? What is that? So, Oh, that is that Santa's box? That's Santa's box where he keeps his glove, his gloves and his hat on the sleigh. And so both girls one year, they both decided and they wanted whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, the guy's got to stay warm, man. He's got a long yeah. night, a lot of ground to yeah. cover. So both girls wanted something from Santa's sleigh or the North Pole for Christmas that year. So this leather box was uh, one of them got this. This was Rylance, and it's what Santa keeps his gloves and his hat in whenever he's traveling. He was a, he was sweet enough to let them have it. So I guess it's been replaced. And then Abby, uh, she had mounted to a piece of wood, uh, a, a doorknob from the North Pole. The elves mounted one of their crystal doorknobs. So that was pretty cool. Not a tradition, but just just a cool memory from whenever they were they were little and the world was just a little more magical. So we, we have something similar, actually. Um, so when the, this was 2014 Christmas, okay? Yeah. Um, so it's been a minute. Um, the kids were young and... The magic was real, and um, we took the kids to Lapland, so the Arctic Circle in Finland, to go see Santa, but we left on the 26th, okay. so one of the presents was um, a, a box that Molly made, um, it was decorated and everything, and inside was basically the invitation from Santa himself in a scroll to come visit him in Lapland in Finland. Oh, how cool. And then the next day we took off and we, we went to Helsinki uh, and we took the overnight train north, kind of like the Polar Express. Yeah. And then we had this amazing cabin in the woods for a week, uh, went, went see reindeers and husky rides and, you know, the whole bit. Um, and then we saw Santa, so wow. uh, which was amazing. So. Dude, that's yeah. over the top. That's amazing. That's freaking amazing. That's awesome. So we're not Disney people, but this was, it's still, it's actually, a, uh, everyone says it's a second favorite vacation we've ever taken together. So yeah, I yeah, it's still up there. I think it's going to stay up there. That's so freaking cool. You know, one of the things that I think is so fun about us owning a toy store is I get to, because I, I'm a Christmas junkie at Christmas night and you've seen my, my Instagram and stuff. You know, I dress up as buddy, the elf for the, for the yeah. kids at the store. I, and you know, making an ass of myself comes very naturally. It's, 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 it's hmm. no, no chore at all. I'm never going to pull a hammy on that one. And, but one of the cool things about hot tots is like, you know, I always tell everyone that, and it, cause it is, it's an officially certified North pole annex, you know, cause Santa, he, he needs extra distributors, you know, especially, here in the last few years, there's been supply chain issues and Hot Tots yep. is an officially certified toy uh, distributorship. And then there's a, uh, a a Santa Claus that hangs way up in one of the, in the, in the skylight ceiling, whatever you call the encased ceiling. And there's actually Santa's eyes are a camera that goes, that beams directly to the North Pole. So he's always listening for whenever the kids are walking through Hot Tots. He can hear and the elves are watching the things that they like. And then, of course, we've got a mailbox that is an officially certified postal receptacle so that if mm. they want to bring their letters to Santa, it goes directly to the North Pole. So, you know, God bless my wife who allows me to be a perpetual adolescent, but also we've got like I really have the outlet for that side of me with hot tots and I, I play it up, baby. <laughs> But so I, yeah. I, I really appreciate a vacation. Like you just described to me, that's like, that is, I would probably enjoy that every bit as much as the children. So I know I would enjoy that vacation that you guys took every bit as much as the kids. So you nailed it with that. That's, that's freaking unbelievable. They'll never forget that. It was amazing. Yeah. And actually how that, uh, that one town in Finland, it all started was, um, the local post office, which was tiny at the time, were getting postcards and letters from all over. Oh, wow. And then it became 
I think the whole industry and everything else. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. All right. Well, dude, as we, as we reach uh, almost the hour mark, I want to make sure that we get all of your songs in. What, what are some more songs that you want to talk about? Um, I we think haven't... we hit a lot of the best ones. I would add one Christmas time is here, which is uh Charlie Brown. It's by Vince. Uh, Geraldi oh, Tree. I love yeah. that one. Christmas time yeah. is here. A lot of people don't like that one though. That's crazy. Like, yeah. How do you not like that? I mean, but that's that's right from when it came, you know. Yeah, that's back whenever whenever cartoons came on in the evening during Christmas when, as when we were kids. So cool. And and I'm so happy to say that Abby, my youngest, freaking is a peanuts fanatic. And so we we totally love this whole soundtrack. That's gold, dude. All right. Throw me another one. That was a solid choice. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead before we before we let this go. I want to th- oh I want to throw at you an artist. Are you familiar with uh, Steve Terrell? No. Okay, so this has a this has nostalgia and he just has a beautiful voice. So Steve Terrell did the soundtrack for Father of the Bride, the the Steve Martin version, which yeah. my girls and I watch every year on Father's Day. Well, when they were at home, that was kind of our tradition, and. This is my favorite, one of my favorites of his. If you like jazzy and just a great voice. He's fantastic. And that's one that I thought maybe a lot of people probably had, because he's not up there with all the main standards. Yeah. Yeah. Everything Steve Terrell sings is really good. All right, now one that we can't get away with out playing because we said we're going to mention like some of the worst. This may be the worst of all time, and I'll be curious if you if you this was who you which one you would think. <laughs> Grandma got run over. Yeah, that's something. It's terrible. But it's not Christmas without it every once in a while. It has to come on. Even if you can fast forward, it's like, you can say there's no such Well, I remember when this came out and people were loving it. And I, oh, I yeah. Dude. Like, it was like Ice was Ice great. Baby played over and over and over. This is the early 90s, late 80s, something yeah, somewhere so, in there. Somewhere there, yeah. How much money? Yeah, hopefully they had a good role to do on this. It's kind of like... Well, a guy, a guy I know did some work. I don't know in what capacity exactly for the guy who wrote Christmas shoes. Oh gosh! And apparently that guy is rolling in it. But that song is awful. Oh, it's it's the I cannot. It's so just. Ugh. Yeah, it's a it's a little. Yeah. So all right, uh, bring me one so more. Where, where are you on uh, Where are you on? Baby, it's cold outside. I love Baby, it's cold outside, but I like the original version. I, I, I mean, I granted, like song. Yeah. Um, it is a bit, you know, Young Girl by Carrie Punkett, uh, Puckett and the Union Gap. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not the most appropriate song, yeah, but I get it. But I, until, and, and granted, you know, maybe it just might. I just always thought I just liked it. You know, like uh, the Dean Martin version was. You know, when I think Dean Martin sings it with. Uh, I can't remember who he sings it with, but um, I I like Dean it. Martin. Dean Martin, "Let It Snow" is a great one. Oh yeah, let's do that one. Let's see here. That'd be a good one. I love Dino. And you know, his shtick was he was a big drinker, and he, and he actually no. 
No, and he was really bashful before he'd go on stage. That, that kind of persona helped him deal with his nerves. You're right, yeah. This is a little bit later version of Let It Snow. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And it doesn't show signs of stopping. Love it, dude. We haven't talked. We haven't said White Christmas, Bing, but it's in there definitely. Um, <laughs> I'd add little little drummer boy with Bing and uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. Yep, yep. Good stuff. You know that was my favorite song as a kid. Was Little Drummer Boy. Really? Oh, I loved it. I don't know why. That was just that was my favorite one. There's Did so you ever many. see the Will Ferrell John C. Riley parody of? Bing Crosby and David Bowie. <laughs> yes, yes. That and uh, did you ever? Do you remember the SNL Will Ferrell Robert Goulet? Uh, it's yeah, the most Goulet. wonderful time. <laughs> He's spinning on that thing. Dear God, make it stop! That's <laughs> not. <laughs> oh Lord, oh. Goulet. <laughs> it's so awesome. So great. Well, all right. Is there are there any others that we need to cover that we just haven't? I mean, we could. We... All right, I would say um, Santa Claus is coming to town by the boss. Oh, Santa Claus is yeah, absolutely. I just heard that this morning. Who else you got? Um, I'll become home for Christmas. Being oh yeah, uh, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Being and first Noel, uh, Frank Sinatra as well. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know who I like that a lot that a lot of people kind of get on to is we haven't mentioned is I like Michael Bublé. I love his Christmas album. Yeah, I mean he's in the same kind of genre, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. He's an old soul. There's the boss. Little Frank. He's so good. Fellow, I mean, Jer- fellow Jersey boy. He is. Sack and sack. God. Chairman of the board, baby. All right. Well, I tell you what. I'm going to take us out here. Matt Wagner, this has been so fun, dude. I hope the audience enjoys just us kind of riffing on this stuff and has as much fun as I've had. Yeah, thanks again. Absolutely. I, I can't think of a better better song. Take us out. Judy. So, man, you know, we need, I hate that, I'm glad that we do this annual show every year, but uh, I hate that I don't get to talk to you and see you more, uh, but I look forward to getting over there in May and spending, and hopefully we'll get to catch up. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And uh, to the Jason Wright Show audience, thanks for joining Matt and I for another annual holiday Christmas extravaganza. Let us know your favorite tunes. And hey, let's go ahead and start preparing for next year. If you got songs that we didn't play, we didn't talk about, then let us have it. And man, Matt, to you and the, the rest of the Wagner clan, brother. Hope you have a Merry Christmas, man. You too, buddy. All right, brother. Sit tight and I'll say goodbye after I push pause. Thanks for listening, folks. Merry Christmas. Merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year all our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a The Yuletide game. Next year, all our troubles will be miles away. Once again, as in olden days, happy golden days of your. Once more
soon we all will be together if the fates Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow.